Welcome to the Overtime Hockey Podcast. Along with Brandon Spratt, I'm Pete Wagner. Brandon is in studio. We're not even going with the phoner today. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, good to see you as well. It's uh, it's exciting. Oh, it's an exciting day for you. You're going out to Target Field. Absolutely. Game yeah. two. Game two. We finally broke that streak. Uh, we the infamous. It was it was broken well, at 18. 18. But then I thought the funny thing is, is after that one's broken, now it's going to be well. When are they going to win their next series? Correct. Which was twenty one years ago, which Correct. is probably the longest in the history of teams that have been in series. I would guess. Yeah, it's it's pretty dusty. Yeah, it is. But that it was is. fun yesterday, wasn't it? Sure was. By the way, I felt the Minnesota crowd was a little more electric. Philly was very good, maybe better, but marg- but the, very similar. Yep. Uh, but I commented to a friend of mine, I was like, why is it that when you're watching a day game and there's a sellout and the crowd's electric that it seems so much better than a night game? To the eye. Yeah, I, I think you're onto something. There's just something about the, the daylight, right? And I, I was thinking that watching the – I tuned into the Phillies game when I got home later last night, but it's like, well, yeah, of course they're going to sell it out. They get to an 8 p.m. Eastern time start. You know, how about – uh, the Twins fans, I, I'm not going to call it 100% packed house, but the 95% that were there making an electric in, in the middle of an afternoon on a Tuesday. And, you know, I think uh, you get that win under your belt. You just get to crank that knob a little bit more in terms of pregame anticipation today. Well, this is hockey today that we're going to yes. talk. But we do leave the overtime podcast open for many different topics. But uh, we're here today to focus on the Upper Midwest High School Girls Elite League as uh, we've uh, dedicated a lot of the fall to that because we're working closely with them and uh, especially the NIT that's coming up. And this is sort of a buildup. I mean, I, I don't think I can think of a place where 81 teams from out of Minnesota are going to be in one venue playing high school hockey uh, where all of the scouts can just basically spin in a wheel or walk a couple feet to see multiple prospects and players, not only from Minnesota, but from around the country. And, oh, the incoming call, I thought I muted that. <laughs> we're just going to keep on rolling here. That's a, absolutely. So we're, we're going to get into a couple spotlight games that you had this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, we've got a highlight from Lizzie Hamill mm-hmm. we're going to hear about here in a minute. And then we also, Brandon, have uh, now a condensed game piece that's mm-hmm. available on the website uh, where when we're out, you especially doing the games, uh, we will clip highlights. And uh, you will you will be out on one this weekend. Um, have you looked at a, a matchup that you like? Yeah, uh, we're we're uh, we're working it a little bit. I still got to try to shift some things around. There's a, maybe a couple potentials on Saturday. If not, though, I think we're going to target maybe a double, another double header next week, just like the one we did here last week. Yeah, I'm going to move the things around so you can do them Saturday. <laughs> there you go. I just like the momentum we have going. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, and uh, I, I like the work and. Uh, you know, when you, when you look deeply into, you know, this is our, you know, where, where we're seeing this stuff every week, are you seeing a progression in play, uh, much like we did in the Summer Sally League, where it's getting better and better? And, you know, as you start getting toward things that matter, like, like you know, getting ready for your teams and your season, things start to matter a little bit more. Do you feel that in these games? Yeah, and I think I hit on that a little bit with both of our guests, too. I think especially uh, Josie St. Martin, who we'll hear from a little bit later from Team Empowers and Stillwater. Um, yeah, the, the, just the team's getting more comfortable playing with one another. They're actually starting to get in. When they get into the second half of the season, they see opponents again for a second time, too. And there's that little more familiarity, too, of, okay, this is how we played against them the first time and, and whatnot. So um, definitely they're they're ramping up anticipation for the NIT coming up. Uh, I believe it's two weekends from this week, upcoming weekend, right? Something like that. And like you said, it pretty much dovetails right into high school practices and 
season will be here before we know it. I think we're five weeks away at this point. For the guys, obviously, let's pay our, uh, focus our attentions there. Team USA, National Team Development Program, uh, I think 17 U's are going to be in the house here this weekend taking on the Upper Midwest High School Elite League. Uh, I know that uh, John uh, Conley will be on the call mm -hmm. for one of those games on Sunday. He's very excited to see the Minnesotans uh, that yes. we've been calling on the high school side coming into play. But the, the two leagues run a little bit differently in terms of the season. For, for the boys, they end up having uh, standings in a playoff, uh, and they do those based off of seedings. And then when the playoff is over, they make their uh, red and white team, and then they go uh, with two teams out of their group, uh, of teams that are Minnesota-based that play in the IIT, uh, which is the International Invitational Tournament. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that's the second week of November. So that's about a month away from that. But the girls start, obviously, earlier on the high school hockey season, and so this needs to conclude sooner. So their schedule actually is is a just a very tight marathon where they're playing, as we've mentioned, Monday through Sunday, games kind of all over the place. But this weekend, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend is the, the weekend of the 15th, I believe, is the last one of the regular season. It is, yeah. We're coming up on the second to last weekend. So um, that's why, you know, I'm kind of targeting that doubleheader maybe next week. I haven't had a chance to see the, the Northern Elite teams yet, hoping to get them into the schedule at some point. I know there's a ton of talent that we want to see from up there too. So, but you're right, it, it does come in quick. And then um, I've never done the NIT, so I'm I'm very curious to see what what that's all about. It's it's going to be an incredible weekend up there at the National Sports Center. Well, it's going to be a pick 'em there. I mean, for the NIT, and I'm going to be writing an article on the uh, MNHockey.tv that's coming out here soon, uh, early next week. We're launching a new website, and uh, I think we're going to push it out on. We're thinking the sixth of uh which is this friday yeah um, sure is. as we're switching over so the website that you know is the mnhockey.tv is going to be completely different and it's going to be um a little more of a a, a viewer type of a, a website easier to get to your games it's a subscription-based product where you buy a monthly or season pass you can still get your single games but we're uh, because of our new platform doing away with the individual packages that you would buy that would go from this. I, I feel like that got a little nickel and dimey. We didn't really have a choice because that was the platform we had. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we decided we had outgrown it, which we have, it was time to move on to this next step, which I'm very excited about. So uh, I'll have that article in there. I'm also doing an article on uh, the Academy of Holy Angel Stars. Now, um, you know, everybody has their trendy teams that they like to latch on to. And I feel like on the boys' side of things that that's a, a, a story. You know, they were down 4 nothing to YZ in the semifinals of the 6AA uh, last year. And then they uh, bounced back with, I can think they were down 4-3 and lost 5-3 in that game. And uh, they grew up overnight uh, in that game. And, mm -hmm. you know, Pat Griswold, you'll see in the article, he said, you know, I feel like we've always been saying, yeah, we're young. We're young. We're young. He said, you know, but it's been – a lot of freshmen, a lot of freshmen, but we know if we want to play against Wyzetta, Udina, Benel, those teams, we need to have seniors. And um, I, I saw them this summer, and I think that team is pretty loaded and ready to go. So that story is going to be a good one, talking about the history of him as a coach and uh, all of the great things he's doing with uh, the program there. Um, and then I'm also doing a piece, and we'll talk about uh, Minnesota State Mankato in a little bit, on uh, John Harrington their head coach, and the incredible job he has done in recruiting. And I, I, I think it's 
it's it's interesting because I would say it's been incremental, but it's almost like there was so much pressure the floodgates gave way. I would absolutely agree with that. It, it definitely was incremental, but uh, as we'll we'll maybe get into a little bit later, the the 2025 class that's really in the midst of recruiting right now has been incredibly, incredibly rich for Mankato. I, I'm just floored, absolutely floored with. Why don't with you what throw done. some of the names that have blown you away? I mean, like this is, this is a a, a not just like oh yeah, that's a pretty good player. It's like whoa. I mean, type of players in my opinion. At, absolutely. I mean, three of the top sophomore scorers in the state from last you know and the last few that years are now juniors that will be rising juniors. Correct. You're talking Michaela Moran from Apple Valley. Wow. Zoe Lopez out of wow. Orono. Mercury Bischoff, Grand Rapids. Wow. And Sophie Stramel from uh, Rosemont, the younger sister, of course, of Minnesota Wild draft pick, Charlie Stramel. So it is Stramel, by the way, not Stramel. Right. Just, just want right. to throw that out there. So you don't want any notes saying, you said the name that, wrong. That, that's right. Even though they did on the NHL draft, we're here to correct them. But anyway, Sophie Stramel is, is coming in <laughs> as well. I know, right? And how about... Um, Who's another one? Uh, Cadence Roski, great goaltender and younger sister of Kiana, so uh, who we had in the Selly League here. I mean, that's five right there. That's well. You, you, what about that's Audrey? That's legit. Audrey. Oh, well, Hawaii. Audrey's not in. She's in the twenty-four class. She's a senior. Well, get, this get, year. But what about the twenty-fours? The twenty-fours are good too. Yeah, you got uh, Audrey Garten. Um, gosh, I'm blanking on a few here. Lauren Goldsworthy, player I really really like as a defender. I think we mentioned her on the last. Uh, episode. So that, those are just a, a few of the highlights. But it's, it's pretty impressive. So it's incredible. I want to talk to him about his vision, about his experiences uh, coaching different teams and in different settings. And well, it, it, you it know, took them. It took them a while, right? That's like why you I said, said incremental, to, right? To get that yeah. recruiting foothold. But what they're doing right now in an environment that is seeing St. Thomas come in and get so many recruits as well is. It's it's not what I, I didn't well, expect it. What it's done is it's put pressure on Minneapolis. Oh. To be fair, I mean the Gophers now. Uh, it used to be just pretty much whoever they wanted. I, I, I love Brad Frost like anybody, but he's the first guy to say, "Shit, I got to work now." Well, you and, know, I mean that that's like kind of the bottom line. And and I don't know. It used to be pretty much, "Well, we'll take you, we'll take you, we'll take yep. you." Yeah, we got to kind of battle Mark Johnson for this one, but right. we got these three. To to his credit, I will say. The Gophers, you might have noticed a, a little bit of an influx in Europeans the last couple of years. Right. You get a little more advanced skater because yep. a lot of them come in at, you know, 20 years old. So that's one strategy I think you'll see continue. And then uh, the Gophers picked up a big outstate commit. I know we usually stick to the Minnesota commits, uh, the one players that we know. But uh, Bella Finale is a player from the East Coast that recently committed to the U of M. And that was, I mean, that's pretty legit. That's a... No longer pride and ice. That's gone. That's a thing <laughs> yeah. of the past. Well, that was so nineties. So well, you got to expand, right? Just, no. just talk, ask Motsko about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> what was so interesting was um, there became this massive love affair with Minnesota-born players because of the nineteen eighty Olympic team. I don't, you didn't get to experience this, but it became pride and ice, pride and ice, pride and ice. Minnesota-born, Minnesota-born. The Gophers are only Minnesota-born players because we can be. Um, how many national championships did that get him during that period after the Olympics? Zero. None in that period. Not until Don Lucia came in and they brought in a couple North Dakota refugees and maybe got some gold, you know, other goaltenders or whatever. From Austria. Yeah, right. And a player from Austria. You know, it was sort of like, uh, oh wow, we're breaking the seal here, and uh, it was broken, and now the team is just pretty much wide open. 
But on the women's side of things, um, they've had some uh, Finnish goaltenders and yep. you know some other players from around the world. But you haven't seen an influx of East Coast players that might be playing in the Naha or whatever it is. You know they've been pretty much reserved for the East Coast. However, our Minnesota players, as we've talked about a lot, are jogging out east at on the girls' level way more than the boys. Right. But and and I think it's just a, a matter of I mean we're about twenty five seasons into Division One women's college hockey and the trends is just catching up right and it's becoming more of not only a, a national game but a global game and uh, you know Brad Frost himself he's had some some good luck with the Canadians of course from his native uh, his native Canada and uh, he's gonna dip back in there for a few more players too I know they have a goalie coming in from Canada in a couple years too so it is gonna become more of a an international flavor to the U of M program, but it's iron sharpens iron, right? Joel Johnson's program, his former right-hand man, has certainly given him a run for his money. Um, I, I think the Tommies, I mean, it's not a hot take anymore, but they're going to be legit sooner than later. It's interesting when you look at the type of players that are being recruited out of Minnesota high school in women's hockey, there's personalities that you can definitely look at. The Mankato players all kind of had – a, a, a certain swag to how they it's were. It's almost the chip on the shoulder, right? Right. A little bit. They're a little edgy, yep. like I felt. Didn't yep. you? Okay. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. You, you know, kind of like, you know what? Yeah, we, we are as good as you. You kind of felt that. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then when you got to the University of Minnesota uh, players, which there were so many in that league, it's like, well, yeah, we are. You know, so you got to, you know, catch up to us. So there was, I wouldn't call it an arrogance, but I would call it a confidence. You know, there's a fine line there. Um, and I think it's important to have a little bit where you're on that line like that. And uh, those players completely believe in what they can do. But then on the St. Thomas crowd uh, uh, of players, a lot more quiet. Yeah. A lot more subtle. A lot more, um, we're going to let the uh, play on the ice prove itself. And uh, what does Ella Berger do? She just goes Christmas tree. I mean, granted, they were, were, were I don't know who they were playing. They were playing the uh, Franklin uh, Pierce. The, oh, I thought they were playing the Minnetonka Mites or something. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm kidding. No, but but um, but but you know, you knew you knew some of those players that we were watching were going to be good, and they're going to be good. So, but it's interesting to see the personalities that these players have on their teams and and where they're coming from and how they are, and. What I'll be interested to see is how this translates to the WCHA. Because in the WCHA, it's been, what was it, UMD that started the whole thing in the history books. You know, they were kind of the, the club in yep. the, when it all started, twenty five late 90s. Uh, then, you know, Laura Halderson got the Gophers just humming along. Then Mark Johnson, you know, kind of settled in at Wisconsin. And then UMD kind of faded out. They kind of popped in and out, but then it became like a Minnesota-Wisconsin battle, at least for WCHA supremacy. Yep. Right? Yep. And then um, now when you look at taking the, the players that were really fought over, the, the blue chips from those two and then a couple of East Coast teams, now you've got Mankato that's making a complete run. You've got a coaching staff in St. Cloud that Agreed. give them a couple of years where this thing is going to be like, okay, now they're going to get theirs too. Um, I just think it bodes well. If, if I'm a high school player and I'm playing in this elite league right now, one of the things I just really preach from my purchase to be patient, 
just continually get better and work on your game. There are lots of opportunities out there as uh, they can definitely, why not be you than someone else from Canada or the East coast? It can be, these teams are in your backyard. Yeah, that's well said. Well said, probably a, a good segue to uh, one of our guests, huh? Let's go. Uh, which what we taking Lizzie? Yeah, we'll, we'll take Lizzie. Um, I had a chance to catch up with Lizzie Hamill, Benilde St. Margaret's rising senior. I guess she is a senior now that the school year has started, right? But right. Uh, two goals for Morgan Stanley. She just had a great game, and we actually well, got Well, let's in. listen in. Yeah. And let's listen into to her, her absolute filth that you talked about with Jordy. Let's check it out. It'll be knocked out of the zone by Christofferson, and now Hamill again, shorthanded. Lizzie Hamill dancing to the net. Whoa, what a goal! Lizzie Hamill shorthanded. That's one for the highlight reel. Love the call there, Brandon. Great work. Uh, you said she had two highlight reel goals. She did, and they were both on special teams. The first one coming shorthanded. She got a power play goal as well, and you could kind of see her growing into this game a little bit as it goes, and this is the Lizzie Hamill style. You know, I'd seen her play in high school quite a bit last year or so, and uh, she likes to get to the net, you know, and, and has that big physical presence to her too, but this is a really skillful player, and she is hard-nosed, and it's like a freight train downhill, right? It's really, really hard to stop her when she wants to get to the net. That shorthanded goal, that was the best goal I've seen so far in this Elite League. Not bad in the interview room, too. Let's check in. With All right, I'm Hamill. here with Lizzie Hamill after a 3-2 loss for Morgan Stanley. But, Lizzie, you scored both goals for your team tonight. Those are some pretty nice goals you scored. Tell us about those a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I was actually just talking to my trainer a couple days ago about how, you know, I'm really trying to get more recognition from colleges because I really want to play um, college hockey. And so I'm like, you know, what do I need to do? And he was like, I think it's all about preparation and just being prepared. So today I really make, made sure I was prepared and I got a good meal beforehand and I taped my stick. Well, my friend taped it because sure. I, I had a rush, but I guess I'm going to have to have her tape it the rest of the games because it seemed to work out. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like my preparation today and just being in the right mindset helped me keep going and put sure. it in the net. Well, you anticipated my next question very well. I was going to say, are you planning on playing college hockey? And if so, what is in the works? But you kind of, you talked about it a little bit, but what has that process been like for you so far? Um, well, like, I'm just kind of trying to, like, keep my options open and see what, like, what's going to work best for me. So, obviously, like, the education part is, like, a big thing. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of just open to open to everything sure. I mean I'm not sure I sh that was a hard question <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's all good it's all good so I mean talk about playing in this league as as well and and sort of uh, how do you feel like that prepares you or do you feel like it prepares you and if so how so for your high school season coming up obviously a big season um and yeah just tackle that one a little bit I'm I'm struggling with the questions too <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this. I think Elite League is just a great way to prepare for the high school season. I mean, you're playing against all the, all these elite players and, you know, the same ones that you're going to see in, in high school, like all the, all the really, like, top-level players. So I think it, it does a great job at, like, getting you ready for the season just because of that. I mean, yeah. there's nothing else. 
Yeah. Speaking of high school season, get you out of here on this one. Uh, what, do, what can we expect from your Benilde St. Margaret's Red Knights this year? I know there's a lot of talent returning. Didn't have a ton of seniors last year, and I think there's some, some good players coming in as well. What should we expect from your group this year? Um, great things, great things for sure. I'm really excited for the season. I think, we, like you said, we have a great group of girls, a lot of talent, and I think it's just going to be like just making sure we're staying focused and staying on top of it and just, you know, keep going hard and we'll get to where we want to go. One last one for you here. What was the reaction from your team maybe when your co-head coach, Kelly Panic got signed here for the PWHL? Oh, we were we were so excited. I mean, like, it, it's just great to have her, like, playing here in Minnesota and just being able to maybe go watch her games too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's super fun. All right. So. <laughs> All right, that's Lizzie Hamels. Two goals scored tonight for Team Morgan Stanley. Thanks, Lizzie. Thank you. You know, think about her and you think about her play. She may bring an element maybe a year later where she's bigger and stronger. That might become more of a, a trouble for those Edina defenders. I'm thinking section playoffs because mm -hmm. those two kind of go, you know, toe-to-toe. Uh, but we're watching this group at Benilde. I mean, they had a really good group that came through in the Podine era that all graduated out. But there was a backfield group led by Coach Kevin Gray's daughter, among others, yep. that are starting to kind of filter up. Uh, how good do you think this Red Knight team could be this year? They're pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, we Lizzie and I talked about it a little bit at the end, sort of just asking her. They didn't lose a lot of seniors. Um, Abby Garvin. Uh, is one of them who's at St. Thomas actually now, but that was it, two seniors. I know, and they've they've been working the incomers a little bit, shall we say? They brought in some players from you know their area of the metro and transfer portal. Tra you can call it the transfer. I portal. do. All right, transfer. I mean, they've, been, they've been working the transfer I, I am portal. Done pretending it doesn't exist. The but transfer to be, portal. To is be alive fair, I, I think we are talking a few players who will just be starting school there, right? In, in terms of that's fine. Ninth grade, right? Things like that. But, We're not talking 11, 12. Uh, okay, but there may be some of that too. But it's it's going to be absolutely a team that that can push Edina. And uh, yeah, it, it was a really fun interview, and uh, had a chance to ask her at the end what it was like to see her coach drafted uh, to play for. Their I know, it's not crazy. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, and and you know, Wags, I promised you, I had an anecdote from this interview Go. to share with you. You ready? This is, and I think it's a, a piece of these leagues that we, we just like to, to cover too, just kind of the human side of it, right? So I was waiting for Lizzie after the game in the, in the locker room, and I'm chatting a little bit with the coaches. Uh, great coaches, by the way, with Morgan Stanley. They gave us a follow on social media after I told them where we're from. But, uh, you know, eventually we, we're seeing a lot of players come out of the locker room. It's, it's getting a little bit later, and, you know, Lizzie hasn't come out yet. And uh, the coach pops his head in. And just, you know, says, hey, you know, is Lizzie in there? Someone's here wants to talk to you, right? And uh, it was uh, this past weekend, it was Benilde St. Margaret's homecoming. So she was, Lizzie was in the locker room with a few of her teammates. They were trying on homecoming dresses for the homecoming no dance. No yes. way. And uh, so just that side of it, too, to just see these, just the well-rounded aspect of these kids. And Lizzie pops out and she says, well, I can change or, you know, if you want me to do it now. So. She did. Uh, she did the interview there in her homecoming dress. How cold was it? Not that cold. Okay. We we popped in the hallway. Because like five, six, seven, and eight at NSC, brutal. Right. But to be fair, I, I think it was a long sleeve. Okay. All right. Dress, okay. if I remember. <laughs> but I just I, I loved that sort of anecdote. And here I am thinking. Honestly, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was like, well, you know, it, 
it, you can, you know, I'm thinking this is her, her time's more valuable than mine, right? She's probably got to get home and do her homework and stuff, but nope, she's in there with her teammates. Okay. The thing I thought you were going to say is when the coach leaned in and said, there's someone here to talk to you. I thought that she was going to come out thinking you were a college or something. Right. And right. that, and then instead it's just, I think. Dope from no, know, no, from MN Hockey. No, no, we're all dope. Subject, but, no, but this right, guy from right. MN Hockey TV, and then you, you just look at it, you see the disappointment. Right. You're like, well, sorry, it's just yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's it's funny you say that because I I'm pretty sure he did say something like this media guy or something. Oh, like okay. So. But but it is it is funny because I had that thought too, and uh, actually I was sitting there chatting with uh, a one of the D3 coaches from uh, the College of St. Benedict. So go Bennies. Oh, wow. Right and up in your area. I was going to say, that was my, I, I think I probably told you this at some point, but that was my start of broadcasting. Doing the Benny? St. Ben's hockey. Really? Freshman year. So you guys, you uh, Johnny dudes are, and Bennies, you're pretty strong in your alumnus thing. Like, yeah, I'd almost say that you've got a little more intensity than St. Thomas. You can say it's cult-like. It is a little bit. We we kind of almost. I yeah, can't it, look at it, it, that it way. is a little. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So I didn't know if it was just. No, it's not just you. Because I was U of M, which is transient. Nobody gives a rip. So I'm I'm like going, what is it about that? Yeah, and that's it's it's a different. I I mean it's a simple simplistic way of thinking of it, but I think it's the difference of just the setting, right? I mean, right. sort of the small town sort of feel and area, and it's just different than than St. Thomas. I mean, St. Thomas is great for for a lot of folks, but. And certainly they do have plenty of people with school pride, but I just think something about it being in the city makes it a little bit different for them. Yeah. Um, they also have, I, I know because of that, a lot of people live off campus, which isn't as common at St. John's and St. Ben's. So that's a hundred percent. So uh, you had another interview too. Yes. Uh, another game that was empowers in tradition mortgage. And um, you know, that it, I, I think, do we agree that that uh, empowers roster is pretty intense? Well, yeah. I mean, is that loaded for the NIT? Is that what they're doing? You think because that thing is stacked. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every, I'm not ripping the other rosters. No, no. But. I mean, every single player on there is has a D1 commit. And, uh, 20, 20 for twenty, right? So, yes. I mean, I I do think it's it's stacked for the purpose of the NIT for sure. But they had a game. They did, and and you know this game as it is on some of those uh, weeknight games. Both teams are are missing a good number of players as well, but. Um, Josie St. Martin was great. Danny Strom is great. Speaking of St. Thomas commits, there's another one. And she is, she's legit as, as far mm -hmm. as goaltenders go. Excited to see what she can do in the future. But this game was really the Josie show. And she was actually teaming up, um, with, uh, with a high rival high school player in Chloe Barine, who's another St. Thomas commit. We can just name drop them all day. Right. But Chloe Barine, Josie St. Martin, they were dynamic in this game. And um, Josie really took it upon herself to set up her teammates in this one. Let's check in. Brandon Spratt, post game. All right, I'm Josie here with Josie St. Martin. Martin from Team Empowers. A nice 6-1 win for you tonight. How was that game overall for your team? Um, our team came out ready to play. We were moving the puck really fast. Um, Danny played a super good game, had a bunch of very good saves. But overall, our team, everyone came to play, and we were buzzing tonight the whole game. You also had a really good game. You had a couple nice assists, including the one at the end on the power play. What did you see out there on, on those goals? Um, well, it's really it's easy to pass to your teammates when they have good puck support and they're calling for the puck. So everybody was just doing the right thing and um, going to the right spots on the ice. So it was easy to find them, and we made some really good plays just overall. Everyone was just supporting each other really good today. So 
What's it like playing in a league like this? You're playing against your high school goaltender there in Lily Timmons. What's that like? I saw you having a couple smiles with her out there. Yeah, uh, it's it's really fun. I mean, obviously we like we're really competitive with each other, so like we really do bring in. I want to score on Lily, and she wants to stop me. So it's just fun, but at the same time, you like respect each other and. She makes a good save. I compliment her, even though it's like, oh, dang it, wish I would have got that one. But even, And then when I get a goal or something like that, um, she, like, says good game or whatever. So it's, like, a competitive atmosphere, but at the same time, it's, like, respectful. So it's just really fun to be out there with, like, some of your teammates from, from Stillwater for me. For sure. So, obviously, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you have a college commitment. Go play for Ohio State uh, coming up starting next year. Why Ohio State overall? Why was it a fit for you? Um, everything there was just like a perfect, felt like a perfect fit for me. Um, when I took my official visit, I was just amazed with the campus, the coaches, the team. They were super fun to watch, just their work ethic. I got to watch a practice and a uh, team workout. And it was just like exactly what I could see myself doing and like being a part of. So it was just really fun for me to see that. And I realized that that's where I should be. And committed like last October so it's been a while but the coaches are really supportive and I know they're going to push me to be better every day I'm there so obviously coming up before college you still have your senior season coming up and before that you got the NIT in a couple of weeks yeah. obviously this entire elite league season kind of builds up to that and you're we're almost into October is it starting to feel like that's getting a little closer how excited are you for the NIT in a few weeks yeah I mean our team has prepared really good we've had a couple practices and we're starting to build up and I mean our practices in these games where we come to play are really going to help and we're all really excited and we want to prove ourselves at the NIT tournament so we'll do that all right that's Josie St. Martin on the overtime podcast thanks Josie and once again, that's Josie St. Martin, Stillwater High School. It seems like we've been calling her name for years. Uh, we did a ton of highlights with her on Inside the Bubble, Yeah, uh, our highlight show, by the way, which will be coming out. Uh, I'll have to show you the new studio here. I know. Uh, I, was, that's I almost forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, really cool studio, um, which will house all of our podcasts and the Inside the Bubble. That program's going to be starting in early November. We're less than a month away from uh, getting that going. And then the CARE 11 uh, games of the week will begin on the 9th of November, along with all of our streaming that's continuing now. It's just absolutely uh, – how do I say this? I, I feel like it's uh, it, it's almost like the pressure cooker that's about to blow. That's a good way because, to Because like, all of this is building up. The youth tryouts are completing. We're getting ready to get the girls on the ice. The the guys follow shortly. We've got the NIT, the IIT. we got the Boys Elite League, the Girls Elite League. you got the Tier 1 district playoffs that are this weekend. Uh, really fun and exciting stuff for sure. So one of the things I wanted to point out, I did all the bios that, you know, credit to all these players. They did a great job writing their bios. They took their time, and they uh, really – uh, looked at their lives as uh, both on and uh, on the ice and away from the ice and their accomplishments away from the ice. I was just so floored by how many were two and three sport athletes. And, you know, in those other sports, all conference and all something. And I think that athleticism has been so lost on the boys side of the game and and we hear all of the college coaches and 
you know, the uh, NHL, we want athletes, we want athletes. Um, they say it, but then the system says that they can't be. They got to be hockey players only. I'm not saying hockey players aren't athletes, but I want guys that can do everything and play in different situations. You know, I think the hardest position in sport to play is quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you do that? Like, I don't even know how they do it. I think it's so funny how people can rip a quarterback. You've never played. Um, pitching is really difficult. Oh, my gosh. Hitting yes. a baseball, really hard. You know, so all these sports have their playing golf, like mentally staying on your game. There are so many things that play into the full athlete from the mind to body to the uh, fast twitch muscles and all the other things that are engaged. I've just tipped the cap to a lot of these players. You mentioned like, you know, mid-week, you know, sometimes the rosters aren't quite as full, but, right. they, but they accommodate for that. So that was one of my notes there. Um, what do you got? Can, can I add to that? Speaking of, I'll, I'll dovetail into a little bit of a different sport here too, but speaking of dual sport athletes playing quarterback close to your heart, how about Edina High School's Mason West is their quarterback? Mason West and is I, their quarterback, I'll, I'll and be, he's uh, a sophomore. Uh, he's a sophomore, and I'll be getting to take a peek at Mason on Friday night. I got the call on that game. So guess who was their last quarterback hockey player at a high level? <sighs> oh, I can't believe you can't get this. Stephen Fogarty? Nope. Anders Lee. Oh, Anders Lee. Before St. Thomas? Uh, oh, yeah. He was Gatorade Player of the Year. Oh, really? Wow. I had heard a story. I don't know if this is true, but uh, it was back in the day when Kelly was the coach at Notre Dame. And uh, Jimmy, um, what was his last name? Remember Jimmy Clausen? I don't know. Oh, yes. The got, quarterback. Yeah, got yeah, hurt. Yes. Got hurt. And he... Um, said god we got to find and someone goes your quarterbacks in that hockey room right there he was he was a, a spread offense uh he'd rush for over a thousand yards a year wow i mean not hard to believe speaking of an athlete on skates right whoa just uh, a, uh, baseball load. hockey and football yep and um i will maintain this um I watched his game, and I know Dave Twilliger, who's a good friend of mine. He'd die if I was saying this stuff, but I'm going to give him a lot of credit for the subtleties to the game that Lee does. Now, Anders Lee does everything. You know, you're the athlete that you have to apply it. But a lot of the stick work, the tips, the deflections, the body shoulder work, the positioning, um, just the angling, the way things that Dave Twilliger teaches, he, he absolutely does it 100%, and it's translated to an incredible NHL career. I mean, he's really honestly, when you're going to consider it, uh, believe it or not, he will be Edina's second most productive NHL player in games played ever. Really? Yep. Next to Paul Ranheim. Oh, wow. Who gets no credit, by the way. He gets no credit whatsoever. And that's simply because he's not a self-promoter. Yeah, I got it pulled up. Social media. 1,013 games. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. 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 Broke his leg at the Met Center. Really? With the yeah. Did you know he played on a line with uh Theo Fleury and uh Yeah. Was it Gary Roberts? Uh he played on a line with Doug Gilmore. God, he played with some good players at <laughs> Uh then he and Coffee were together. He was a defenseman at Hartford. He's played with some beauties. So anyway, that's we, we neither here nor there. I always uh wax poetic on that a little bit. But uh yeah, we got a big uh week in high school girls elite league coming up. The boys weekend is fantastic. All those games are available at the mnhockey.tv. We're rolling out a new website. Now, you know, when we do this, we try to be flawless, don't we? Yes. But that doesn't mean we are. 
and there may be some bumps along the way, but please bear with us. The one thing I was speaking to a gentleman with earlier today was that he loves the idea that you can get high school, youth, uh, spring, summer, winter, fall, all in one package. You don't have to buy a million packages anymore. Yep. And we priced it out to be the package of what basically a tournament pass would be that you'd buy for a weekend. Now you get it for the month. Okay. And then it just, you can just keep renewing. Uh, if you want to buy it all up front and you know you're going to have it all year, you just buy it up front in bulk, and then it renews every So is year. it going to go for the whole year now? I know before we kind of yeah. did it. Now, like a, no, it goes from the – yeah, it was like, like segmented. Year, it goes yeah. segmented. Now it goes more from um, when you purchase. Oh, buy, sure. Buy today, it's, it goes till oh, your, yeah, yeah. this day next year. So I think that's going to be super helpful. Um, and uh, there's some technology that I have. Uh, that I think you'll be very intrigued by. Go grab that chip. See that sitting on that uh, pad there? Yes. Why don't you uh, explain to people what you have in your hand there? This here? Yeah. Well, it says it's a Helios. Helios? Helios. Helio. I thought it was Helios. Helios Hockey. Uh, it's a wearable. I'm guessing it's some kind of like... See those straps, those orange ones? Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, describe what you see. Uh, it's like an orange, got to get this one out of the box. It's, it almost looks like, um, I don't know, just a shin little, pad like a Velcro. Strap. Oh, yeah. a shin pad strap. Okay. Almost. But what you do is you put it through that chip. Uh, yep. how heavy was that? Uh, it's very light, but it's a little bigger than you think. Yeah. It's, uh, it's size of a couple quarters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's in the palm of my hand. Yeah. Perfect. Then you put that, uh, on the sternum of your, your, uh, shoulder pads yep. or on your back okay and that will track your shifts on the mn hockey tv games through the stay live platform that wow live that's awesome what happens is you purchase that core it's called uh your player plays and it recognizes and triggers their uh skating stride okay so uh what happens then is you open up your helios app you've got to be like by the glass or, you know, in the close to the game. Uh, and then you uh, initiate it and it records something like this. So now see this, what am I got here? Um, I see a little activity. Um, it's like a feedback, a calendar. feedback yep. thing yep. from Helios. Okay. Right. Click into games. This is put on a kid uh, that was at Minnesota made this weekend. And uh, that was his time on ice. Yep. 1932. He was striding 11.58 of it, so coasting for – or getting ready battle. for face-offs yep. or whatever. Yep. Uh, hustle came in as low. low. Now, yeah. the reason it came in low is because it's his first game. Okay. It doesn't know – he scored a sick goal. Right. Uh, which you'll love. Uh, there was his uh, uh, stride speed on average was 11.2 yep. miles an hour. Uh, his max, he got up to 18.2. 18. Cooking! That is cooking. Uh, and then they give a little point total there for you, and then they rank you among kids your age. Uh, there's the agility, the max, and those types of things. Now, this is your list view of this. You have balance. Um, look at that. Uh, left was 49. Right was 51%. He was okay. probably about 11 or 12. Very good on yeah. his left, right, not too dominant. But there's a stride speed. You can just you see graphs of all of this. Um, and then this is the, this is the mother load right here. Then you click on shifts right here. Uh, what do we have here? Shift oh, number six. Boom. With, there it is. Wow. It's on your phone. You've got your kids shift. That's unreal. Wow. And you can download How about those. that. You can download them all or download one shift. So you get, you get skating feedback with how you're doing 
in terms of your personal growth as a skater. You get uh, feedback on your balance, uh, your hustle. Are you Once it gets a, a read on you as a player after a couple of games, it can tell if you're coasting, rink turning, or moving your feet. Sure. Um, but you can see your growth as a player that way, which is super cool. But you also get your shifts. If you're a coach, you can get all your players' time on ice so you can manage your time on ice and do, do a good job with that. Uh, this uh, will be available. I just need to get final approval from our um, powers that be, but it's integrated into the system and works. And then you can uh, you purchase the core in a season pass, and you're off to go off, off to the races. So uh, any player can have this for their own personal use, and you can track your shifts and work on your hockey IQ. Now there are a couple places uh, that might be interested in it. Like I know a place, John Bacanic, a good friend of ours, does. Um, he does hockey IQ stuff with map hockey. What a great thing to put that on all those players. Then they can have all their shifts cut for them without even having to touch it. Yeah. You know what I love about it? It's the individual shifts cuts, right? So now we're not just, it's not like, oh, here's the goal you scored. Here's the assist, No, it's right? the good and the it's bad and the ugly. 100%. It's everything. And you can take an honest look at yourself. That's, yes. That, so, so it's real-time feedback. Uh, you can get your shifts within three, four minutes at the end of the game. You just simply will take the URL and plug it into the app. We'll have that available as long as the powers that be agree with it on the website. Um, so you've got the monthly pass, you got the season pass, and then you got the uh, player breakdown pass uh, being an annual one too as well. How about that? That's very exciting. Exciting stuff, huh? Yes. I, did, did you think I was going to go there on that? I didn't. You know what? I saw it on the counter earlier, but I i mean, I didn't even take a second thought of what it could be. I was you gonna, never know. You, what, what'd you it could think be it? like an internet hotspot. <laughs> really anything. Well, that's what you thought it was? I mean, it, you know, maybe. Well, I saw but it sitting there. A, you do actually have a hotspot on the counter there. Right. You have, you have uh, your Amazon Echo Dot which that we is, were which talking is, about it's, earlier. Right now, it's glowing, uh, uh, what is it, yellowish? It's, it's yellow, yeah. It's listening to us. It is. Uh, that's my uh, T-Mobile hottie yes, right there. That's sure a beautiful is. hot spot. Yeah, and, the then, job done. and then the funny thing is, is I had the core out there. Uh, it's all charged up. And I was thinking, um, I'm going to bring this into the program with Brandon somehow. And I was trying to find the perfect spot to do it. So <laughs> well, you got right in. here at the end worked. You got in. All right, I, buddy. I like well, you're going to the Twins game. Yeah. Sonny Gray, 14 and 18 in games he started. People are touting him as a Cy Young candidate. How can you be a Cy Young candidate when in 32 starts, the team's lost 18 of them? I'm sorry. I know you're not the bullpen. Good luck with that. Uh, eight and eight is not a Cy Young type of record. Everybody says you're a dummy, uh, Wags. It's all about ERA. And I'm like, it's more than that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, there's, there's intangibles. Fair. You know, you can measure all the numbers from the stat geeks you want. And I'm worried about today. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, it's I, I've been thinking about this this morning. I'm. It's a little. It's the the smallest part of me and in, in in my heart is it's a little bittersweet that uh, Jose Barrios is going to be taking the target field mounds when he never got this moment to have that crowd behind him. But all's fair in sports and competition. I I, I think we can rattle him as a collective crowd. I had I this thing where with him it was like. Uh, it's like he was teasing me. It's like, exactly. oh, God, he could be so good. And then it's like, wow, every, every, you, you know when he's in trouble? And if, if that breaking pitch starts from my, if I'm a right-handed hitter, from outside my left knee and sweeps across eight inches outside, you know how it just goes a mile? He never gets it back. Yep. 
So I'll have to watch you, for that sweeping but, breaker. I mean, do you – I don't know. What's he, his record against the he, Twins? He had know? a decent start a couple years ago in the playoffs when there was no crowd that weird COVID year. But do you really think that he could have produced a start like we saw from Lopez yesterday? I, I don't know. That was pretty dominant. It was pr- pretty darn good. And the one run that uh, was allowed by Pablo, you could argue, was certainly a benefit of some calls behind the plate. So, But, you know, there's the play by Correa. Right. I That's mean, a huge play. You know, like Lopez said, he, he, he's like, he, he went 60 feet. Yeah. He was running in toward the uh, opposing team's dugout, throwing against his body up the line, right on target, a BB. Yeah. Like that was – you got to send the guy in that play because you got to make a perfect play. And but he made a perfect play in plenty of time. Yeah. But what also was underestimated were a couple things. Were the two stabs that uh, Donnie Barrel made? Yes, huge, like massive. Uh, was interesting because I heard the play-by-play guy say, "But not holding him at first, he's going to take second. And I and in my mind. Excuse me. I said, oh, good. At least we've got some coverage. Right. And that would have been absolutely through. What killed me was the second baseman was nowhere to be found. Right. As that thing got pulled through that side because they were shifted. Mm, And uh, and the runner, they they weren't going to handle it. They didn't care about the runner. And he made a hell of a stab. He made one the inning before. Sure did. On, to get Jacks out yep. of it. Yep. And then um, how about the Louis Varland uh, potential game-tying homer that got pulled back in? Yeah. Like the the baseball gods in downtown Minneapolis, it's like they turned on the, uh, air, the air fans uh, at the garbage incinerator up the road there and sucked it back out. Uh, maybe. The wind was swirling yesterday. It was very windy on uh, Tuesday. Not quite as breezy out there today, but uh, still a little bit. It was intense. Still right? a little bit out there. Yeah. And then the Michael A. Taylor, he had, what, two or three great plays? Like, yep. circus. Yeah. All that stuff was great, but there's one thing that was not good. Strikeouts? Ah, that sucks, but no. <laughs> no? No. One more thing. Hmm. I don't know. Third base. Oh, well, yeah. He's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible at second. He was terrible. At, he's not a good defensive player. He's not. Yeah. Uh, I, I would argue that Claude. I would argue that Claude Julian is better. I call him Claude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no, no idea I, where I, that was going. Yeah, Thank you. I, I would argue that Claude Julian is better at second base than now. Now at the start of the year, he's gotten a lot better defensively. I I trust him more at second than I do Polanco. He's a little but, more mobile. But whatever that garbage, I would put Farmer at third base. Just please put a reliable guy there. Please, he's got a good bat, too. Please, please. But you can't. You're, they're not because it's a righty in Barrios, and so they're going to put the lefty up. Right. <sighs> it was nervy yesterday, for sure. I First was, play of the game. Oof. Well, then when, 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 when you saw that Duran was just going to straight breaking pitches. And then the one heater he threw was like eye high, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> this is one of these, you know? Because like I've always, I've felt as a while, yes, while he could be dominant, I've kind of felt this hasn't been a dominant year for him. It's been a struggle, you know. I mean, what I mean is his numbers may appear dominant, but it was, if you watch the water right. boil, it was not a pretty boil. Not, not always a pretty boil. Not always. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't quite as dominant as last year, but even that still adds up to a. a a very good, you know, closer. Overall, absolutely. In spite of the terrible third base play by Polanco, which was a disaster, 
Uh, great play by Correa. The outfield play, uh, Kepler might have made a play or two in there. That was really good, too. Was absolutely terrific on a fly ball day. Um, I want to say the bullpen was great, but even though they didn't allow anything, but they were they weren't. There was a ball that was almost hit out on Louie on pitch yep. number two. Yep. Um, Jax gave up. I believe that was just a slashing double to Vlad Jr. where he just came up looking for a heater and then smoked it. Then it was sweepers the rest of the way. Um, and so that was pretty good. And there's just a full arsenal of, of arms. And who would have thought, uh, if you listen to our overtime podcast from before, that we'd be comfortable with Emilio Pagan. Did I just jinx it? <laughs> I sure hope not. He's been so good, man. I think yeah. it's all sorted out. And, you know, credit the front office. We were all chirping them, and they're saying, "Not, nah, you know what, this guy's got plus this, this, and this, and we don't believe it, and we think this this is what he can be. So whatever it's been, he's been sorted out. And if Chris Paddock can work some meaningful innings here and get us to Sunday. How about even a Brock Stewart, too? I mean, that's a free agent pickup by he, the front office. He, free agent pickup hasn't quite been himself since he's been back yep, leading yep. in, and uh, I'm still a little mm, about I know, him. I know. You know, uh, you, it's tough to shove these guys into a lineup Yep, to high leverage spots. Uh, I'm always worried about starters that go into the the bullpen like Kenta, like Louis Varland, and and say, you know, ugh, you know, but we'll see. I I would argue, I'll, I'll say, and I I don't know if this, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll not, don't know how it's going to play out, but I think if the Twins do make a deep run, Louis Varland will be pitching in the eighth inning or later at some point. Or I think it'll be Chris Paddock. Could be Paddock. He's a, he, my thing is, is that he's mentally embraced the role. I haven't heard that from Louie. He's a mentally, he, he, cowboy. He's the uh, he, cowboy. He, he's mentally embraced it. And, he can um, kind of mean mug you a little bit on the mound. He was and, kind of talking like he got, gets it. He'll be a bullpen guy the rest of his career. Yeah. I think he kind of liked the explosive part of it and, and being out there every day. It's a different mentality. All right. Final thing. Is that a best of seven if they win the series? That comes no, up next best ALDS of five. is best of five. Okay. Against Houston. Um, why does that team not instill fear to me? They haven't pitched well since the break. That's they why haven't. they really haven't. They haven't. Minnesota's got the second best record in the American League since the break. They put it together. They did. We oh, you, they, they were brutal and got ripped by us in the early going in the was, spring because they should have been. There was ammunition for it, but and now the love fest is real. Their play has inspired. Matt wouldn't even recognize this conversation. <laughs> like think about that. Like you go back to April and I know, May. I know. It, he wouldn't even recognize it, would he? I know. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this show. A couple games coming up, spotlight games. Watch for those with play-by-play with Brandon. We'll get those announced out online uh, on the uh, social media channels as well. Uh, We will have the post-game, condensed games, post-game reaction. And this will be a format that we're going to be doing all season long. I think the guys are really excited. Oh, by the way, we've got a new guy that we're going to be adding to the mix, play-by-play. Oh, yeah? Ready? Ready. WCCO Steve Thompson. Oh, very nice. Love him. Yes. Yeah, we've been trying to get it worked out. We've had some contractual things. Uh, yep. His people, our people, finally got the uh, long-term deal. <laughs> no, actually, got it was the lawyers in the well. Room. It, actually, it was last year because you know, like we try to be regional with our guys, and we've got more teams up in the North Metro now, and those are the ones he, he lives in that area, yep. and so it works better. Uh, and he's got to work around the CCO stuff for sure. And so he he's can't he job. can't he can't be coming from Victoria. Stilly and getting back to the uh, right. getting back to the studio at home to do his work. So uh, that's it, Brandon. 
That other one was a false stop. This is a real one. Okay. For Brandon Spratt, I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.